everyone, and welcome to Brunch and Learn. I'm your host, Nicole Dillon, and this is a podcast for women who love to brunch, like myself. Here, we talk about two of my favorite topics, brunch, obviously, and the idea that we can learn something new every day. Each episode will interview a new female powerhouse, gab as though we're girlfriends at brunch, and learn something for our brains. So let's get started. Hey, brunch friends, welcome back to another episode of the Brunch and Learn podcast. Today we have guest Yelena Pasik, and she is the co-creator of Harlem Shake in the neighborhood of Harlem in New York City. And it is a fast, casual restaurant serving burgers, fries, shakes, and good times. I'm very excited to talk a lot about food today. So welcome to the podcast, Yelena. Hi, thank you for inviting. How about we kick things off? Tell the listeners a little bit more about you, your background. What are you working on? Okay, so I was born in Croatia. Um, a reasonably good amount of years ago. I won't mention the number. <laughs> I moved here in two, uh, 2000, exactly in turn of the millennium. I wanted to start, uh, you know, a new millennium in the new continent uh, after finishing college. So that, that gives you a hint on my age. And I've been in food business ever since then. Before, uh, before doing that, I was actually working for uh, Procter & Gamble, which is a multinational company in Croatia, which really made me excited about exploring uh you know the american lifestyle there were certain things that i really loved about how it empowered me as a person and we'll touch on the women's history month it obviously it empowered me as a woman as well but i wasn't aware of that at that point um started food business with my um with my family actually my ex-husband and his family uh in 2000 and then ventured out on my own with uh certain business partners that uh, i met uh in 2012 and then launched this love child of, of ours, Harlem Shake. And the uh, rest is history. We've been having you know, a great ride with Harlem Shake for the past eight years. Uh, currently, I am in charge of uh, many things covering Harlem Shake, culinary, marketing, um, financial strategy. Uh, and um, I've also, in the meantime, had three children, so my two daughters are really uh, grown girls already. One is in college, one is in high school, and I have a three-year-old, so uh, plenty of stuff to keep me busy. Wow. Do you miss Croatia or go back there often? Well, um, yes, I always go back to Croatia pretty much on a, every year, once or twice. I am from an island, Rab, which is always going to be my love. Uh, so I definitely take advantage of that beautiful beach and uh, amazing Mediterranean summer. Normally, you know, I try to go to Croatia for, say, two to three weeks in the summer and sometimes, uh, depending on the year, uh, another time for a shorter stay. Uh, obviously, last year, being that we've had the COVID situation, I was unable to go, uh, which was really frustrating. But then again, that's a very small problem to have in comparison to stuff that other people went through. So I'm trying to look at the bright side of things. Yeah, that's so fun. But I also wanted to tap into Harlem Shake and anyone that's listening that doesn't know about Harlem Shake, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about the restaurant? Uh, Of course. So Harlem Shake is located smack in the middle of Harlem. 
Um, I came up with the whole location uh, purely by knowing people in Harlem. I used to go to gym in Harlem and uh, met friends. And one friend, uh, when I was looking for a new site after uh, that you know, episode in my life, uh, directed me to the location, which was very central. At that point, we only had, um, in Harlem, we had the Red Rooster and uh, I think Corner Social recently opened from the new generation. Uh, we also had some longstanding uh, older places. Uh, but I thought the moment was ripe and I seized that opportunity. And um, then we were not sure what to do with the concept itself. Um, like, I'm not really a burger lover, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I prefer Mediterranean style food, but um, I realized that Harlem didn't have a burger place. So I said, okay, well, that would be a great, you know, economically speaking, just a practical way to, to open something that will fulfill a need in the neighborhood that doesn't that is not being fulfilled currently. Uh, and that was like a little bit of, my, of the businessman in me. But then again, I also, am, um, I also am really like interested in culture and anthropology. I've always been. Uh, that's basically my high school background and so forth. So um, I was really in love with the whole um, African-American culture, Harlem culture. It's a microcosm. It's like a small village. So I really did not want to open a place that looks like I just parachuted into Harlem and you know, try to bring something different. I really wanted to get, get an homage of the places of the past. So I was introduced by my friend Dard, who actually I'm going to talk a little bit about one product we're listing for him um, later. I was introduced to Dennis Decker, who is like this genius man, um, was doing branding for many major brands and actually lives in Harlem. So Dennis came up with this idea to really uh, make a place that's going to look like a uh, places of the olden times, like Pam Pam Diner, or Lennox Lounge, or St. Nick's Pub, which we really were looking up to uh, in terms of like historic preservation. And unfortunately, uh, all of these places are no longer there uh, due to uh, lack, of, uh, uh, lack of landmarking in terms of cultural institutions. So um, the idea was to really um, open a place that's going to look like mom and pop shop, open in the 40s, of the uh, previous century and then layered over the ages as mom and pop had a little dollar here, a little there, they'll, they'll add some formica to it. They'll have a seventies photo. And we have all these layers of years um, that, that uh, Dennis worked so hard on putting together. And uh, it was really exciting back in the pre-opening uh, period. We were like on eBay, buying jet magazines, uh, you know, getting all these artifacts going to like um, uh, vintage markets. And I think we, we created something quite beautiful and very unique, which you can see on our website, columnshakenyc.com. The, the, the way design looks, like many people literally get fooled thinking that it's been there for like a hundred years. And even most recent reviews sometimes say, oh, this is a Harlem classic. It's a Harlem staple there for like 80 years. And I get so proud because it really like hit the spot with a lot of people. I've seen a couple of photos. I haven't been yet and I really have to get to Harlem but yeah it looks so old and I, I love the look of it yeah we really wanted to pay the respect you know to the to the Harlem culture which ever since the Harlem Renaissance and then throughout the years and the years of decay the urban decay that happened in the 70s still that culture was shining through even even during those rough years um, and there is a specific like uh, component that Harlem shows up which I think is amazing. But you know, this is after all a restaurant. So I wouldn't just focus on, uh, I wouldn't say that the culture or the design is the only thing there. 
we also have fantastic food offerings. Um, at that time, I was doing research on how to actually open a burger joint because, as I said, I was not a huge burger fan. And I came across um, this guy that was back in the day young and now is very famous. And he writes for a food column in New York Times and a serious eats. His name is Kenji Lopez Alt. And every like serious foodie knows his name because he is uh, a man that sort of introduced the scientific method in cooking. So he breaks down the molecules and tells you everything about the you know male reaction and what happens behind the behind the actual food item when you're cooking it. And it has an amazing impact on understanding how to cook well. So I got very intrigued with articles that he was writing at the time about burgers. And I decided to like cold call him or cold email him and tell him, you know, about my project and, and what I'm trying to achieve. And it turns out he lived just five blocks up the street. So uh, we started collaborating. That was another like lucky strike. So before you know it, we had a very great team. We had an amazing designer. We had an amazing culinary person that did the, the initial menu for us. And basically Kenji created uh, our initial menu, um, which to be honest, is pretty much 80% the same as, as you know, initially, because we were not looking to like be making any changes. I think consistency is one of the main things in, in restaurant business to just build your clientele. So uh, if you want to try some of the early Kenji's works and you, you follow his work, then Harlem Shake is a good place to, to do that. What was his name again? Kenji, K-E-N-J-I, Lopez, A-L-T. So he wrote this, um, this very big encyclopedia of food that's called the Food Lab. Uh, it's like an 800-page volume, and a lot of food is, you know, keep it more uh, so as a Bible than, than, a, than a reference book. I'm, I'm one of them, so it's, it's pretty amazing. He, he later moved on to uh, North California, opened the Wurst Hall there, uh, which I think, which I hear is like fantastic things about. And he currently writes for, for a New York Times cooking column. That's so cool. Did you get the name from the song? Nope. The really? song came after the name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I think somebody, somebody up there was looking at me at that time. Like uh, we basically trademarked the Harlem Shake name in November, wow. 2012. That's crazy. Yeah, so an old friend recommended the name, and I was like, that's it, because we were going to call it Harlem Label, then I said, that's a little preposterous, you know, there was a Harlem Social, which got sued because of the, or Lennox Social got sued about the name, so they called themselves Corner, I didn't want to, like, offend anyone, uh, so I was like, Harlem Label, that's a label, that's a little bit too wide, like, in the angle, and so a friend says, well, you're going to be selling shakes, so uh, why don't we call it Harlem Shake? And I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. So we trademarked the name in uh, November. The place was opened in six months later in, in May 2013. But we trademarked the name in November as soon as we, you know, settled on the name. And then, um, in fact, February 2013, Kenji gives me a call like at, at, at 7 a.m. And he's like, did you see what's happening with your Facebook page? Which at that point had like 200 or 20 followers. The place was not even opened. And I said, what's going on? He says, well, you just gained like 12,000 likes in, in like one day. There is this meme that's going on and it looks like everybody's like liking your page. And so before you know it, we had like 20,000 likes in, in 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> and then, then we started getting emails about selling the, the trademark. And I was like, nope. 
<laughs> I have big plans with this baby. So, so we still have the trademark for the name Harlem Shake. And uh, yeah, we, we uh, actually named it before that. Um, another anecdote about that same name, uh, when, when all of this happened, in fact, I got concerned because I said, well, now the public opinion people might think that, you know, I named it Harlem Shake after the meme, but we really named it after the original Harlem Shake. I don't know. Are you familiar with the, with the original Harlem Shake no. dance? Oh, the so, dance. Yeah. So the original one was the LB, right? So he was in Harlem in the in the Rocker Playground in the maybe 70s or 80s, I believe. So he was like this this local, like, you know, like homeless person, I think, pretty much drug addict. So he would he would do the Harlem Shake for a quarter. And uh, soon enough, like big, big hip hop artists pick up on it. So th there was this like chicken noodle dance and then Harlem Shake dance. And it became super popular because the mainstream like hip hop scene and, and rap scene took it over and, and they blew it up all across the United States. So Harlem is, you know, was famous for the Harlem Shake move. So that's what we named the place after, not the, the, the Harlem Shake meme. So I got concerned because I thought that people will, you know, the locals will think, oh, gee, this woman came like parachuted, you know, she's European. She's now naming Harlem Shake after some new, she doesn't have respect for like history or culture. So we hired this uh, local graffiti artist. Uh, his name is Kindle Harper. And uh, he's an awesome guy. We're still friends. Um, he is a great graffiti artist, just like his father was. And so he, uh, we had a big build out chat that was like a 50 foot long. So Kindo uh, sprayed a huge sign on the build-out shed that's called "Do the Real Harlem Shake." <laughs> so then that became that became a uh, publicity piece unintentionally because every single tourist would take photo of it, and then the original Harlem Shakers, which are uh, you can see the, the videos, like if you Google it, they were doing the, the real Harlem Shake in, in front of this. Um, shed so it it really turned out for the best like it was like we got so much great like help and publicity pre-opening to it that when we opened like they just busted the doors in the, the people were lining up on the block to just come in on the first day and that's something i i never could have dreamt of you know before opening that place that is so cool i have not been to harlem in a minute since i lived in manhattan and now i'm in the burbs so i definitely have to check this out <laughs> And I feel like yes. with, um, then I moved to Queens and I feel like it's such a New Yorker thing, but it's like, if I had friends in Manhattan or Brooklyn, it was not happening. It's too far. So I definitely yeah, have to get back to a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of commute. So later we gave the shed to the Wadley School for Performing Arts and they kept it as a, as a background uh, scene prop for their, one of their theatricals. So, you know, it got repurposed and that was an amazing thing. So we had some some nice partnership with the Wadley School and uh, Tai Chin, who was a principal at the time. So, you know, we're always trying to find a way to connect the community, the neighborhood and the, the cultural component to the restaurant, because we think like a place has to be not only just good food, but it has to really live with the community, get the roots in and, and, and it benefits everyone. Yeah, I love that. And I was curious what, so since you mentioned you don't care for burgers, but what is your favorite thing on the menu? Uh, I love I love our burgers. I mean, uh, I had to like 
force myself to stop eating them because uh, <laughs> regardless of the fact that I don't love burgers generally when you know we created this menu I mean these burgers are like crack burgers you can't stop eating them you have to try them you'll see they're uh, smash griddles on the flat top that's nickel and it's a very expensive nickel nickel plated flat top so they are smash griddled on 425 or 450 Fahrenheit so they create this like crust. They're the original burger uh, from the 30s when hamburgers were first created. They were like uh, not thick burgers, not fire grill, but they're the original burgers. And uh, they are super good. We use uh, Patla Frida proprietary mix of uh, brisket, sirloin, and rib. Uh, and uh, they're really, really, really good burgers. So yeah, I love the burgers. Don't get me wrong. I love our burgers. <laughs> My favorite thing on the menu currently in Harlem Shake is um, just because I was really trying to kind of unaddict myself of the burgers. Uh, they cost me about like a 20 pounds, you know, uh, weight gain. So I was like, okay, I can't do this any longer. I had a baby too. Uh, so uh, currently we're doing impossible uh, meat burgers. And uh, honestly, I've been eating them now nonstop because uh, I'm still um, perplexed as, as how did they actually manage to make it tastes just like meat and uh, I've been reading about the you know the components and it's very healthy it's like a pea protein so uh, our impossible beef burgers are a pretty big hit on the menu as well uh, we make them in all varieties of our match of our usual flavors but yes the the that's that's what I've been eating recently uh, other than that I mean I have several favorites uh, currently we don't serve breakfast or brunch because of the pandemic um we'll talk well this is called the brunch and and learn so uh brunch menu I, is a lot of my favorites there uh, i also love our mama chicken sandwich that's my favorite fried chicken sandwich so that's like a chicken breast it's it's buttermilk brined and fried and then we have fried green tomatoes on top uh, which is uh, something that you probably won't find much elsewhere in manhattan and then to top everything off we make our homemade buttermilk ranch dressing with daily fresh herbs and a magic touch of mama's uh, hot sauce so mama is a local uh, very celebrity woman she at this point is a celebrity and, a, and an icon for harlem she is a woman who founded mama foundation for the arts so mama vai has been uh, you know uh, an icon in harlem for decades uh, and in fact my two daughters went through her uh, gospel for teens um, so she uh, runs this nonprofit that improves lives of uh, children in the neighborhood by providing free gospel lessons. And uh, besides the fact, I mean, they, they showed up in Grammys, they're very successful in musical terms. They, they empower so many um, teens and especially girls who participate in the, in the choir. So um, we always wanted to support. So I, I mixed in her hot sauce when she came up with this hot sauce line. You know, everybody these days is trying to do a hot sauce, but Mama Vice hot sauce is, has more than just a sauce to it. So it's really tasty. And we said, yeah, we have to support. She's in Whole Foods as well. And she's been, you know, through the different programs. I mean, they're growing. But I, from the first day, said we have to use it in our menu because, like, we want to support Mama Vice. She did so much for Harlem. So we want to give back. I, I'm always going to be grateful for how my children, uh, my, my oldest daughter uh, grew up through, you know, participating in that choir as well. So so when you um, when you come to Harlem Shake, try the mama fried chicken, and not just because you're 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 helping support uh, nonprofit, but because it's like a amazing, tasty, uh, fresh ranch, 
you know, it's not that ranch from the little cube. It's not that ranch from the little box. <laughs> it's a fresh ranch with the fresh herbs, just the way you might dream about your like mom or grandma make it if they ever did do that. And if they didn't, then you should you should check out how it tastes. That's um, what you had me. Yeah, at chicken, <laughs> ranch, and hot sauce. Yeah, fresh ranch. In the ranch. So it's fresh ranch, but with a touch of hot sauce. It's like a very interesting flavor profile. And then the fried green tomato. You can't like mm. really uh, get that. Like pretty much, I, I don't think you can get it in Harlem. I've been uh, to many places around Harlem, and I have not found as of yet the, the fried green tomato. Uh, what else? The jerk, the jerk items, our jerk items are amazing. We have 23 spices that we blend in house and we make a jerk dust uh, that gets mixed into jerk mayo, that gets dusted on our fried chicken, that gets dusted on our jerk fries. Uh, very amazing Caribbean flavor profile. Um, so it's a secret recipe. We can't talk about the 23 spices per se, but uh, inviting you to taste them because that's something that uh, if you've been to Harlem Shake more than twice, you should have you should have had that on your on your order list as as well. Uh, and then uh, not to you know forget about our milkshakes. Our milkshakes are made with um, um, uh, organic ice cream from Blue Marble. It's a local um, Hudson Valley, and uh, it's locally made in Brooklyn. And uh, they're really really tasty. We use also um top ingredients as condiments so um our signature is the red velvet shake it's called the harlem shake so it's simply like a vanilla shake with blended pieces of red velvet cake and that's that's been our our our, our signature shake from the day one but then we have some new coming like amazing things for example we um have um the we just had a st patrick's day special which was like an irish coffee shake which is a coffee shake with the baileys shot so we sometimes have boozy shakes Ooh. that's fun uh, we had the Mississippi Mudslide shake, which was an homage to uh, Miss Harlem Shake 2013. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you about Miss Harlem Shake. That's another thing we do that's really fun. And then it came up with that. So uh, Shannon Thornton was recently starring in P-Valley, the stars show. She was our first Miss Harlem Shake and she was Miss Mississippi in that show. So we said, oh, gosh, we have a huge oversized photo of, of Shannon on our wall. We have to do something to like celebrate her achievement, you know, to become Miss Mississippi. So we had this Mississippi mudslide shake, which was um, Bailey's with um, with uh, Mississippi like mudslide cake. So uh, that was that was another like really great shake. But then again, we just have some simple flavors such as you know strawberry or peanut butter. Uh, we make our own salted caramel. So not everything is a, like a gimmicky thing. Sometimes uh, a lot, most of the time we're extremely serious about our food and extremely not so serious about our other connotations. But yeah, uh, in terms of food, uh, our shakes are very delicious. I recommend you taste them. That sounds amazing. And then not to forget, I think uh, one of our biggest things is rosé. So we use mm -hmm. only two ingredients in this rosé. It's a French rosé that that's really good quality dry, dry rosé and a secret ingredient. And we just put them in a blender and we make a slushy. And uh, you can just go by and, and count how many people like just uh, like get that rosé. It's, it's, it's kind of swallowed every other drink sale. It's, it's a very popular item. So um, if you come to Harlem Shake, my recommendation again would be uh, jerk items, mama fried chicken, our Harlem classic, uh, uh, some shakes and a rosé. I love frozen. 
That's a great brunch cocktail in the summer <laughs> or anytime, really. Exactly. I feel like you've left, left us all really hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to ask a little bit more about, I guess let's dive into the, the pandemic discussion, what we kind of always have to talk about these days. Um, of how things are going with Harlem Shake and ma- maintaining a restaurant during the pandemic and any lessons you've learned over the past year? Um, so for one thing, I've learned that uh, what we considered a uh, curse before was a blessing when the pandemic hit and then that's the fact that we have uh, so much delivery. So um, our business has about probably 30 to 40% delivery, uh, depending on the season. Not to say that, you know, sit-down business is, is brisk, uh, but really the delivery has been a big part of our business. And I was always kind of like passive-aggressive about it because, you know, the delivery fees, the third-party delivery, that was something mm-hmm. that was always a thorn in my eye as a business person. And um, still, I do believe that before the pandemic, uh, the third-party delivery providers were absolutely unfairly like taking too big chunk. I will stand by that at any time. And I think that, (laughs) you know, that should be regulated just like wages are. I mean, we should work on that and we're lobbying through the restaurant association because it's just unfair to the small guy. I mean, we work so hard. We we, we work super hard to just provide jobs and to make a living for ourselves and our families and then having this big technological corporations just take, you know, 30% or 17% of your profit when your profit margin is 10. How does that make sense, right? So um, uh, I was not so happy about that before the pandemic, but something, uh, something very fortunate happened when the pandemic uh, hit. Um, a lot of sit-down, you know, white tablecloth places that are solely based on in-house business and have a small, tiny little, you know, takeout or delivery business, they were shutting down because uh, obviously there was a government shutdown. So our delivery business was so thriving and established at that point that we kind of got that overflow as well. So not only we managed to stay open and never shut our doors, we in fact pretty much didn't lose any sales, which was very miraculous and and like showed us really like good business, you know, savvy in terms of being uh, recession proof. Uh, and that I was proud of that. And I'm not saying this was, a, you know, anyone's genius to, to think of it. It's, it's just how things rolled out. But it was a very, uh, it was a very uh, mitigating circumstance for us. So on top of the government programs, which I, I'm very uh, grateful for the programs, you know, the government provided just for the cash flow. Uh, they're not perfect, but they were there. So, so I think it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a good ride for us in 2020. Um, we also shut down our breakfast because uh, we never delivered breakfast. And that showed us another silver lining of, of how to manage your, you know, profit units and how to actually manage uh, your restaurant business so you become lean. And, and, and strangely, uh, shutting down breakfast cut our revenues by a small percent, but cut our expenses by more than 10%. In, in turn, we, we basically raised our profitability. So... Uh, you know, maybe my story about the about this whole pandemic in terms of economics will be very different than other people's story. And, and maybe that's good because people can see that different situations can, you know, get different outcomes. Uh, in terms of obviously social, in terms of what we went through with our employees getting, uh, you know, 
some of them calling out, not wanting to come to work because getting very scared in terms of feeling isolated, um, in terms of feeling terrible and, and trying to contribute to the community. Uh, th those, we, we were pretty much in the same boat with everyone else. So um, we had the Harlem Hero program where we, uh, just my heart fills every time when I, when I think about how many people bought a burger for the first responder. Um, so we had a program where people could buy a burger for the first responder and we would add fries mm -hmm. and then deliver them weekly to Harlem Hospital or to New York Presbyterian. And, and it was just like so heartwarming in the middle of this whole mayhem, you know, to know that people think about, think about the community, think about the first responders. Uh, I was very proud. We were able to deliver thousands of meals. Um, and, uh, you know, that felt really great. Uh, that, that sense of community in New York City is, is something irreplaceable. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my, my take on the pandemic. We also pivoted in terms of uh, building. I can't really discuss it for legal reasons, but I spent my time of isolation uh, mostly uh, after the first month where I was only drinking wine and thinking the end of the world is coming. I was like, <laughs> okay, it's not coming. Uh, let's not drink wine. Let's not taste any more wine bottles. You've already tasted everything you needed. So let's focus on you know doing something productive. So we set my partner Emil and I set on a on a on a track to build our expansion plans and we've been working for a whole year on that so uh it's been it's been a great you know time of sort of seclusion where you can like prepare for the new season in your life and we've 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 done a lot to build that infrastructure so that was very well used time definitely yeah and i also wanted to ask if you could tell us a little bit more about the restaurant business and industry and running a restaurant as a woman? Um, well, for one thing, I think it's not very different than being in any business as a woman. Uh, you're a woman, so I'm sure you can relate. Um, it, it takes a little bit extra effort to sometimes make the men, and, and I love men, and I'm definitely not like an ultra feminist, but it does, it does take an extra effort to have a voice in the room, especially when if you're surrounded, like we had this recent project we're working on and uh, maybe this is the first time I've felt like uh, really that impact a little stronger because we're talking to like corporate people and, and doing some, you know, some infrastructure building. Uh, it is hard to get your voice heard. Uh, and especially it's annoying if you have to actually, you know, like, hey, hey, don't talk over me or or like turn my way because you know when you're a woman people sometimes will will talk to business partners and and turn the other way just because someone is a man and, and uh, you can pretend like that's not happening but after like five times you'll be like okay yeah it's happening like let me not fool myself now let me let me let me like try to make them understand that they need to turn my way and look at me right because that just because i'm a woman doesn't mean that uh that i have less of a, of a decisive power. And it's kind of like counterproductive too when that happens. Um, so that's that's one thing. Another thing is I think women are, uh, I really believe women are more emotionally intelligent than men and not meaning to offend the men because also men have a lot of, you know, different personality traits that benefit them. So we are quote, quote, a weaker sex. Uh, so sometimes we maybe are not able to achieve those things like men can. Um, you know, uh, like putting a ham nail in the wall or <laughs> screwing something in. <laughs> That's been a challenge. But 
women are emotionally intelligent. And so I think that approaching your employees as a leader, sometimes it's much easier if you're a woman and especially if you have children, because somehow you can connect to, you know, internal like motivators of a person or, or sometimes you can read better their thoughts. That's at least what I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but, but it helped me a lot in my career. Um, another thing I would recommend women uh, or especially young women, you know, thinking about starting a business. A lot of times we are uh, bred, uh, we're like a caregiver. If you have children, if you're a single mom uh, in Harlem, we have so many single moms working and failing to keep a job because unfair burden that's put on them because no child care and you know they're late because the kid and, and and we try to really understand it it's really hard to work with it but we try to understand it and and my one of my big passions was to empower the single women because of the situation they are in is just uh, the stack the cards are stacked against them so uh my advice to a woman that that wants to try to start a business is do not stop yourself because of that. It's very hard to like take a leap of faith and start your own business. And I'm not saying you should start something huge because huge things can lead to huge failures, but don't stop yourself and don't be someone else's employee. If you feel like you're an entrepreneurial person, do not stop yourself because you have two kids and you think, oh, what if I fail? This is a, a thing that always stops young women. In my case, when I got through my divorce, uh, I don't, I still don't know how I forced myself to like open my business, but it was the best decision I've made. So, so I think, uh, women in particular have to like, think about that because it's so easy to just, uh, you know, like lay low, get discouraged and say, oh, I can't take a chance. And why not? Why couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. On that thread of women, can you tell us a little bit more about how, Harlem Shake is celebrating Women's History Month. So every year we do different things. Um, this year we have a Kamala combo because of course we have the first woman vice president. Now how big is that? Uh, that was, I think, a point of pride for every woman, um, whether they're Republican or Democrat or independent, it doesn't matter. I mean, we have a, women, a woman vice president, maybe hundred years overdue, but still we do have her. I'm so proud of that. So we decided to celebrate with a Kamala combo and it's uh, that hot honey chicken sandwich because, uh, well, I hope nobody will take it seriously, but Kamala is one hot honey. So we have a hot honey chicken sandwich, which, which is uh, Mike's hot honey from Brooklyn and it's uh, fried, double fried chicken, uh, dark meat, uh, jalapeno pickles and honey mayo. And then we have the curly fries with curry mayo um, on um, on the side. And we have the strawberry pink shake with whipped cream and pearls, non-pareils. So, you know, we have we have this whole lady combo and uh, people people buy it. It's it's our way to just show uh, respect and adoration for our woman vice president. And some of that was some of that money going back to a cause. Yes, uh, absolutely. Oh, oh, that's too bad that I forgot almost to mention this. So it's very important. It goes to JAMS uh, and JAMS is an actual girls educational and mentoring service, which is uh, empowering girls and young women um, uh, to uh, who have experienced the like commercial sexual exploitation or domestic human trafficking. So uh, it, it uh, resonates so well with, you know, the cause of Women's History Month because uh, it, it really ameliorates the, the, the trauma that, or 
I, I, I cannot say that it does ameliorate the trauma, but it helps people overcome the trauma of, of such an experience. So we're very proud of contributing to that. Um, so for every of these combos, 10% goes to jams. Uh, combo is 18.90. So for every combo you buy, like two dollars, almost two dollars go to jams. And uh, we hope uh, so far we've collected thousands, and we hope to, you know, still collect a good amount before the Women's History Month is over, and uh, try to help change the outcomes for that explo- exploited youth. That's awesome. I'd also love to know what else is next for you or Harlem Shake. Any other new things, combos coming up? that you could share? So we just redid our outdoor shed because as you know, every uh, every restaurant in New York is currently like a gypsy caravan. Everyone has an outdoor <laughs> shed and how cool is that? And I'm very happy because I'm from Europe. I was like, why did they not think of this sooner? Did they need a really a pandemic to do it? Right? It's more fun. Yeah, exactly. So I've heard the, I've heard word that this is going to be a permanent uh, setup with the Department of Consumer Affairs. And that's, that's amazing. I think it's going to really uh, help New York City in terms of recuperating the tourism and it's just like it's just very good like yes there are traffic concerns of course uh, in a congested city like New York but still we, we're gonna get just a lot more lively like summer scene and uh, outdoor eating which was always huge in other continents for some reason United States you know not so much uh, so I'm glad to see that scene changing so we just redid our shed we put some nice lanterns and we painted uh, got really good now, nice, nice sound system, and we are very much looking forward to resuming our live jazz performances. So we have two great local bands, um, Soul of New York um, and um, Nadine Simmons. So that those are the two bands they play on Saturday and Sunday. Those are our house bands. We're gonna have a couple of surprise performances, but uh, we have a very good like. Um, Saturday and Sunday vibe, like if you come on a Saturday like at 5, 5 to 8, or Sunday 3 to 6, uh, you can listen to some top quality live jazz with singers, chill out, have a frosé, have a hot kind of chicken sandwich, and uh, we are on one of the nicest boulevards in New York, so, you know, you can w- watch the world go by. The people watching is amazing in, in Lenox Avenue. Um, that's one thing I'm excited about. Another one is my friend Dar that I mentioned at the beginning just kicked off his actual Harlem champagne. So there is Harlem champagne now with a Harlem name on it. And that's the new thing we'll be listing. And uh, I'm very excited to kick that off because now we can say we have our, our own champagne in Harlem. That sounds delicious. Is there anything else you wanted to share or did you want to start talking about brunch? Well, I mean, uh, we also are working on our expansion plans, which I gave you a hint before. So um, we have some big plans in, in, in house for 2021, but I'll let the I'll let the time run and maybe we'll talk this time next year and it's going to be a whole different setup. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm really not at liberty to discuss that legally, but uh, that's why. But yes, we, we are working on expansion in the earnest as we speak. Gotcha. All right, let's talk about brunch. I hope you enjoy brunch. Uh, yes, of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, it's it's an excuse to have a drink in the morning and uh, congregate with your friends and share the good, good things that happen during the week. Well, I'd love to know. So if you could have any meal, any restaurant, anything's possible, like what's the brunch experience for you? 
Oh, okay. Now you caught me because um, <laughs> I was going to tell you what's my favorite brunch thing in Harlem Shake, but hold on. I have to rewind right there. Okay. If I could have a meal in any restaurant, um, I, I don't think I could choose just one, but one of the favorite things would be uh, an oyster brunch. So I would go to like a uh, place or maybe a great, you know, seafood restaurant in New York and I would have a whole flight of oyster tasting. Um, just because I just love oysters and I think they're so good for them, like a brunch after you had a interesting weekend. And then another thing I would definitely want to have is our shrimp and grits that we serve in Harlem Shake. Uh, I love shrimp and grits in Harlem Shake because uh, the recipe is really amazing and the, the, the shellfish butter that we serve on it and the herb mixture and the grilled shrimp, all of that really blends with that grits in an amazing manner. But also uh, because it reminds me a little bit of uh, the regional cuisine of where I'm from. I'm from Northern Adriatic, which is on a border of Italy. So Croatia uh, in Northern Adriatic borders like Friuli, uh, my grandma is Italian and uh, Veneto. And uh, they are very big on polenta with like uh, seafood. So uh, Veneto, like one of the specialties would be like a soft polenta with like grilled shrimp or a seafood stew. So I uh, find the um, usual parallels between uh, between that those dishes and the uh, shrimp and grits that you can find in Harlem, which I, I don't think I ever read or, or heard that parallel. But for me personally, it's it's quite big. Every time every time I have a shrimp and grits, like it takes me back to Croatia. So it's, it's interesting. I would also obviously want to, you know, uh, spend time with people I love for brunch, like a great friends or, or, uh, or my family. Because uh, I think brunch is not only about eating, it's really more about uh, just like any meal, but more, more so for brunch. It's more about reconnecting, you know, and, and capping the week in a way. Uh, and then uh, if I could be transported anywhere or anything, I would love to be outdoors. So I'd love to be in a nice like boulevard in Harlem or in Brooklyn um, to enjoy all of this aforementioned pleasures. And does Harlem Shake, so did you pause brunch just for delivery or pandemic or do you have it on weekends? So we never did brunch for delivery because uh, eggs like have a, uh, yeah. have a great quality of traveling awfully ill. So yeah. you don't want to <laughs> deliver eggs. Like that's just not the business we want to do. And we have enough, we have enough challenges with delivering fries, right? So that's enough. That's more than our share of challenges. So we don't want to deliver eggs. So we never delivered eggs and therefore when the pandemic struck, we just closed down brunch because there was no indoor dining. Um, our, our brunch was really popular before then, especially with like a lot of tourists coming to Harlem and they always look for uh, a brunch experience before or after the gospel, the churches where they, you know, they, they, they frequent that. That's like a, an ABC of Harlem. Like if you're a person from France or Japan, you're you're gonna go do a gospel thing in church, and then you're gonna have brunch. That's just you know how they roll. So we our brunch was very popular with locals as well. Like I said, we have some killer shrimp and grits. We have killer uh, brunch sandwiches. We have the Harlem hangover, which is a sweet potato hash with a fried egg and jerk spices. Um, we had at one point great uh, red velvet uh, waffles and chicken. We have amazing blueberry buttermilk pancakes. So we have, we have, you know, we have our artillery of bestsellers and the brunch was very popular. 
Uh, we will probably reinstate the branch. We didn't want to go into it uh, while the occupancy is like 30 and 25% because, you know, the cook has to get paid. Uh, if you have indoor occupancy of 25%, it's not really worth the hustle. Uh, I believe as we go back to the normal occupancy, or at least 75% will we'll be uh, reopening for branch as well. And then, you know, some great music alongside that. Next question. So since this is the Brunch and Learn podcast, and we learned a lot from you today, I wanted to turn the tables on you and find out what is one thing that you learned this week? So you could tell us that, or you could tell us the last thing you Googled. Um, the last thing I Googled was a loop net listings for buildings for sale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you learned this week? I learned that every every good you put in the world always come back three times to you, but that's not what I learned this week. I pretty much kind of learned it my whole life. I think if you don't have gratitude, you're a lost case. Like gratitude, uh, but I also think people learn gratitude through the hard times they go through, and then as as they if they evolve, and a lot of people do, if they evolve, then they learn gratitude, and that's a wonderful thing. Just giving back. I'm I'm very fortunate. I was able to give back to so many uh, personal personally and through the business, so many causes I care about. And the older I get, the more I, I realize like that's the real meaning of, of you know happiness and success in life. Love it. And final question is, where can people find you on the internet and say hi? Uh, well, they can find me on Facebook, which I think is, I guess, widely accessible. They can find me on my uh, on my Instagram, Yellen Apple. I, I will be honest, I don't. I, I spend minimal time on social media, just because sometimes I find it as uh, maybe not the best investment of time. Uh, I also have a LinkedIn profile. Um, I, I mostly uh, prefer to like interact with people, you know, either in person or. Um, Sometimes I do browse through social media, but I'm definitely not one of these people who, you know, will post what they ate yesterday. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a person that's actively uh, that's actively nonstop posting on social media. I find it a little draining. I, I prefer to uh, have my batteries like in my privacy. In fact, and maybe that's not a good thing, but you know, that's that's just how I am. And what about Harlem Shake on all the things Instagram? Oh yeah, Harlem Shake, we have an amazing team. Shout out to Kimberly uh, Wilson Marshall. She's our PR director and uh, one of our, uh, uh, she has, she's an amazingly successful woman in business. She has her own PR agency, uh, locally grown in Harlem, uh, represents the right causes, the right clients, uh, a wonderful woman. She's black too, so if you want to support black, this is a great, great person and a great business. Uh, and uh, Kimberly got us everywhere. We have our we have our wonderful well Facebook following, as I told you before, was always already successful from <laughs> that from that meme. But you know she built on that. Uh, we built a great following on Instagram. Uh, we have so many accolades in the in the mainstream media, which you can see on our website. So uh, you can find us if you Google us. I'm sure we won't be lost in in the translation in the mix. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Uh, You're welcome. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I hope uh, you had fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hey friends, virtual hugs for completing another episode of the Brunch and Learn podcast. Did you learn something new this episode? I sure did. If you're loving the podcast, don't shy away from showing your love. 
consider rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to hear more guests and episodes, head over to our website at womenwhobrunch.com for episodes, recipes, blog posts, updates on events, and much more. See you guys soon.